Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Thanks to Black and Abdallah. The boys are on tonight after Bears Weekly. They'll be on 7 to 8. Thank you for listening, calling, and participating today. Thanks to Connor for a great McNight at the Movies and also Todd Furman for joining us. I'm up one nothing this year. Good job. It's probably going to be a short-lived lead for me. You that know was that, a right? good call by you. Something about Mary. That old Sam Lombardo. Right? Once we had Frank the Sam Lombardo hit. Yeah, Frank and Beans. Frank and Beans. Franks and Beans. Franks and Yes, and we beans. know Sam Lombardo isn't in that movie, but the character... Yeah. Sam Lombardo was played by Matt Dillon, and that was one of the keys. Mm. I said, Sam Lombardo. I said, Yerk, that's Matt Dillon. And then Yerk got it right away. Beautiful. Nice. Is that hair gel, Carm? Uh, well, for some. <laughs> for some, it can. Can I borrow some of that hair gel? That's, it's very stiff. You've got to love the Fairless yeah. Brothers. My to God. borrow a phrase. They were great. My, very stiff they are fantastic, aren't they? Something Fabulous. about Mary was the movie today? Yes. Yeah, it was very good. That, that to me, started the whole new uh, comedy era. Yeah, uh, in the late late nineties, was that late nineties? It was late nineties. It was like ninety seven, I think. And then it kicked off that whole run of of comedies. I think wasn't that the first one? It was ninety eight. Um, yeah, it was like the Fairly Brothers. You know, sort of created that really raunchy yes. sort of crash genre yes. that was so much fun. Wait, Carm, was this the movie where Ben Stiller comes and he gets his junk caught yes. in a zipper? Yeah. 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 So my beans. football yeah. agent, Brad Blank, is the one that comes on to, because he grew up with the Fairley Brothers. That's awesome. He comes out and screams. This is my football agent. We got a bleeder. That's awesome. He's That's a medic. That yeah. was your football agent? That was my agent, Brad Blank, yes. That is absolutely Represented fantastic. Herman Moore and a lot of people much more significant than me. But, uh, yeah, he grew up with the, the Fairley Brothers. And now known as, we've got, we've got ourselves a bleeder. We got ourselves, yeah. We got a bleeder. We got a bleeder. He, he's also the, he's on, at the uh, bar in, uh, like, Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber 2 or whatever. <laughs> he's in a tuxedo when they're all, they walk in. He, they, he, they take a lot of their Boston guys. Like, Cam yes. Neely's been in a bunch. Yep. Like, Roger yep. Clemens and Cam Neely have been yep. in the movies. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber was, like, four years before There's Something About Mary. Dumb and Dumber really probably put them on the map, and then they just got to make whatever they wanted because of the success of that, and they made so many funny ones. Kingpin might be my favorite out of all of them, to be honest. Kingpin I don't is, think I've seen That's oh, a classic. I gotta see it. Kingpin is spectacular. I just, yeah. I just milked your cow. We don't have a cow. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. bull. <laughs> um, is that with, uh, is that Bill Murray? No, yes. yes. Okay. Bill Murray. Yeah. 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 With the, uh, with the Woody, comb over, Woody, the yeah. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Okay. You may have seen it and you just. I've, I've seen like highlights of it, but I've never oh, seen wow. it It's so good, dude. You gotta watch it. I definitely It is so good. It's right up your alley. Is it? Oh, it's so childish and disgusting. Stupid movies. Tonight. Watch it tonight. I, uh, I, I did the podcast today with Pat the Penetrator. <laughs> I laughed. I was driving to Hallis at that moment. Pat the Penetrator. Yeah, I mean, did you hear that one? I uh, I did the podcast today with Pat the Penetrator. What what are the varieties of different monikers have you given? him? Oh, I don't know. Pat? Probably t- the Impaler. I gave Pat him. the Impaler. Yeah, the Perpetrator today. Well, Penetrator and Perpetrator. Yeah, both yeah. of them. I gave him both. Perp. Pat the Penetrator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, do you ever Did see his high school? That? You ever see his high school uh, basketball highlights? No. Yeah, well, you should. 
Oh, so he's, he's, he's good getting to the rim. Standing yeah. dribble, yeah. Okay. He had a standing nice. dribble. So, then Johnny, was, this was a basketball term. It became a driving dribble. Driving dribble. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was a defensive tackle. You should have seen him on the goal line. Root hog technique. <laughs> what is, it? What is the root hog technique? Root hog. That's what a root hog does. He goes down there he with the nose with and the he nose. goes and gets the, uh, yeah. he gets the roots out. That's so, right. face down, keister up. Yep. Make something happen. Get with, penetration. Would that be the correct way to maybe try and defend the tush push? Yeah, you, you'd have to root do it. But then it go over the top of you, and then the, the whole swarm just goes over There's the top. No Johnny, if you, I was just going to say, Johnny, if you're a D.C. in the league yeah. what and, and a former defensive lineman in the right. league, what would be your approach to trying to stop that play? I would jump off sides three straight times and just <laughs> nail their quarterback. Try to keep hurry. running it. Keep running it. We're going to go and we're going to take cheap shots. But the problem with that is you're still giving He's them the first quality. down. So, and what? Quality guys. Third and one on the goal line. I'm giving them a first down. Well, no, I got. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I I'd right. wait till well, they that, Okay, but that, let's outside. say what's, and then we'd what's, be fussing and fighting, my friend. I'd say we'll do it a couple times, and guess what? Now we got to fight. Okay, right. but like at the Forrest, goal line, I the get Forrest it. Great right. move. Right. What if I'm not at the goal line? Thank what you. if not at the goal then line? You're giving them a, then you're giving them a first down. Yeah, first but down. you ask me what I would do. Okay, yeah. I would wait until I got to the goal line. I'd take three straight cheap shots on their quarterback, and then I'd get ready to fight. I'd tell my guys we're fighting. There's like, there's no defending that play. It's crazy. Uh, Johnny just gave you that. I just but gave you're, not, you're not outlawing it, are you? Me? No, I'm not. Well, I don't know. I, I don't outlaw much. I mean, they're going to outlaw Johnny contact in the NFL pretty soon. That's so. <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you outlaw it. Why'd you look at the quarterback no in a mean way? <laughs> penalty. He's afraid of you now. It's Why penalty. Why you look at the quarterback Don't you in think, a mean guys, way? especially now, and I know this is a tired conversation. We've had it a bunch. But with the, the gambling element as large as it is, can't we, like I said this to Sylvie yesterday, and I don't know if we were with you guys or not, but. Like, before I was like, why in the world would you have to be full-time officials to get it right? You should be smart. Right. Uh, But now I'm an advocate. Look, whatever it's going to take for these guys to be better at their jobs, you need to do it. Like, I don't know if it's... It's having them practice their calls 12 months a year, whatever it is. But they got to be better. they got to be better. I don't know. And by the way, Carm, and I know this is not a unique thought. You get two of the oldest guys in the building that are running the chain gang, and right. you're trying to tell me that those are the guys that are, sh- are are entrusted with the, you know, where the ball is the first down. Just put a chip in the with football. The, yeah, I mean, isn't it time for new technology? That's my point. Yeah. yeah when are we going to do chain this? Gang right. How about we, you just can't chip like the ends of the football. You can't chip the middle of the what, football. Johnny, whatever you got to do. Chip the whole damn thing. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, Lasers. so it looks Laser. Be- so, let Bezos uh, figure no. it out. So it becomes bedazzled. The hard thing about the chip, though, like, and I and I don't disagree that that sort of technology might someday come into play, but like you know, we always go to the tennis thing, right? Because we'll look how clearly it shows you. The hard thing with football, though, is even with the chip, can it sometimes be hard to determine when a player is down and where? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does Carm- the, how does the chip know when knee. the player is down? Still a knee, still a knee, but I, but and how does the chip I'm know you. that? Yeah, I, well, it does. I'm just saying, look, I'm not asking for perfection. I'm just looking for it to be better than it right. is right I, I now. Agree with and that. there is. I've heard Yurko yell at uh, what's her name about spotting the yeah. football all year this More than year. Once. So, Kenny? Yeah. <laughs> no, not Kenny. Oh, what, what, what's on the Brett Allen's crew? That whole crew stinks. That crew yeah. stinks. Oh, yeah. it, that's the Brett Allen crew? She's on yeah. the Brett Allen crew. Oh, yes. wow. That wow. crew I'm pretty sure stinks. she is, isn't she? Yeah. 
That whole crew's terrible. They stink. Yeah, she's on Brad Hart's crew. Why why not? We had this conversation, I know, yesterday. Why not put them on the Patriots-Jets game? Why give them a game with the Baltimore Ravens Well, I heard you guys talking about that. Yeah, I I heard Schefter say, I guess Schefter... Uh, Schefter said that this is uh, figured out like a week or two ahead of time. That's what change I would guess. Change of plants. Yeah. Change of plants. Yeah. I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar entity, and now yeah. you've invited gambling in. And I'm cool with it. But it's now, it's, it's, it's a large part of the revenue pool. Like, you've got to create a better feeling of trust with your fans. I think you do. Yeah, and, and, I- and all of those, you know, those plays with with. with Quarterback roughing the quarterback, just make them all reviewable. Review them all. I get, yeah. I mean, is there some level of subjectivity in there, and that's why they don't want to make it reviewable? I mean, what? Uh, uh, listen, give me two looks at it instead of one, and I'll make a better decision that's the true. second time than the first time. Yeah, that's a good point. Then make it reviewable is right. Yes. And I don't know what the all answer is. Do they have to be full time or not? I don't know. I don't know that they have to be to be better at their jobs. And I don't know how you get them to be better, but it should yeah, be better. I don't know. Like, it's not, you know, the only sport where I feel like, and maybe just because people don't talk about it that much. Curling. No, not curling. I love curling. But hockey. (laughs) Hockey officials are great. Hockey officials are very rarely at the center of controversy. Right. Even Don Kaharski? Yeah. The great Don Kaharski. That's awesome, Sylvie. Do you know what I would love? I'd love to see Joe West on skates officiating. (laughs) Isn't that something? Oh, boy. Let's have a switcheroo where the Major League Baseball umpires are refereeing a a hockey game and vice versa. I've often thought about this. Do you think it's because in order to be – like, if you're refereeing at the NHL level, you played a very high accomplished level of hockey. Do you think yes. that's got something yes. to do with it? Why they're so much better? Well, you have to be able to skate to officiate. Well, they all they all played right. hockey. They all yeah. played, and so like, and I'm talking about high level. Like, yeah. do you think that's got something to do with it? That they're better Probably. at their yeah. job than every other yes. group of officials? I don't know that Brad played? Allen played a lot of, of college football. He may have. I don't know. I think there's more give and take in hockey too. There's more communication between the referees and the players. Like, hey boys, let's lighten they're up warning. a little bit here. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. gonna have to, you know. Assess something here. But they just, they probably have the hardest job because it's yeah. so fast and everything that's going on, and they're probably the best. Yeah. Carm, I don't, I don't think I told you this. Um, at a recent event, um, I saw Dan Bellino, uh, who, who's from, played, uh, he, he was at Loyola, Loyola mm. High School. He's a major league umpire. He's a crew chief now. Crew chief, yeah. And so we were talking, and I was asking him umpire questions. And I go, you know who I don't like? I don't like Joe West. What did he say? And he got my face. Did he? It was almost like we were, I, I, he, I was uh, about to go toe-to-toe with That's him. Right? Great. Turned, I was turn, turning my, my head around. That's great. Why, why don't you like Joe West? Why don't you like Joe West? And then so and then we we got into an argument over Joe West. Should have told me can't Boy, look sing. At you and Dan. That's what, uh, Dan, that's what uh, Sylvie does. He oh, goes to charity events and picks yeah. sports fights with guys. <laughs> I know that shocks him. everybody. Starts badgering officials. Yeah. I know end, that shocks people. Did you guys end like on a cordial note? Oh no, Dan Bellino's great. He's a lawyer. Um, yeah. And and uh, it no, it was it was. What's great. his success uh, rate calling balls and strikes though? Yeah, I Dan Bellino. Good question. I think it's good. He's a young guy. Uh, he's better than Angel. Hernandez. Oh, he's the worst. Oh, he stinks. He's the worst. I think he could be the worst official in any sport. Angel Hernandez. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, and he keeps, uh, I don't know how he keeps his job. It, it, it's Every time crazy. I criticize officials on this air, I get a, a text from my buddy oh, Scherzi. Basketball my basketball, rep? college basketball yeah. rep. Scherzi gives me a text. He goes, come on, Yerk. 
Because you're being too hard on the officials. So mm-hmm. every but time it I is start, a thankless I job. Every time I start criticizing him, I'm like, all right, Yerko, keep it in check. Okay, but but I would tell your buddy Shirzy. Shirzy, yeah. I bet Shirzy. I bet Shirzy. I bet Shirzy has a lot of uh, uh, of strong feelings about how NFL players may do stuff wrong, right? Like, I mean, like everybody critiques everything that they sure see. Sure we do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, like, the average fan who's critiquing the three-technique tackle and what he just did, maybe that guy doesn't know his ass from his oh, whatever. Hole in the ground. Right. So, I get it. Like, Scherzi's busting your chops about the officiating stuff. Well, you just asking me to lighten up and understand. That's Same all. thing. It's I'm, trying to find, uh, I'm trying to find the stats on the strike What are you guys doing up at Hallis Hall? I mean, what, what do you think we're doing up here? Packer Week. We're what? celebrating a couple of Pro Bowl selections in so, Packer Week. Sounds to me like you guys are saving on gas mileage. Well, no. Okay. Uh, what's, what's wrong with how that? How dare you? What's wrong with that? Uh, how I'm dare just you? trying to yeah, figure I it say, out. I don't blame him for that, actually. How dare you? Really, Greta? What are you doing up there? How, How dare you? Dare you? How dare Did you get your starter fixed, good you. kid? Uh, it's on the way. Last night, me and Cousin Bobo, we uh, we rolled the thing out of the garage. No oh, power. You did. Yeah, you we did? rolled you it rolled, out. So you ended up doing that? That's what we had to do. I mean, how the hell are you going to get it home? Cousin Bobo. Wow. Me and Cousin <laughs> Bobo. This is the adventures of a yeah. year goes But I thought control. you said no power how do you, brakes. Yeah, I was going to say, We're how do concerned. you steer that thing out of we, there? We popped the emergency brake just in case, of, you know, had to make sure it was going to work. The emergency brake was going to work. Oh, it was? But even without power, you know, the uh, power braking and power steering, tight. but you got to hork it and you yeah. got to hork it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You really got to be on that wheel, and you got to yeah. be working that thing. Well, if you have good kid strength, you can do it. But like when if you're it's going, lesser man, it'd be but, hard. But when you're the going race car driver, that, the race car driver is Boris. So in a, in a vehicle that's Boris. been uh, debilitated, he's the guy behind the wheel. I'm the guy pushing. I'm but, doing the grunt. But work here's what I'm saying: when you're going down that ramp, the, yeah. the parking brake being on. No, not the parking brake. It's not on. I'm just saying the emergency brake. We test it. Okay. Just to make sure it was so going to be able to be up going like down the ramp. How did you not get it going? Like it was, it was moving, but he was feathering the brake. But you can't feather Feathered a brake when it doesn't have brake. power. You got to be able to mash a brake. Oh. Yeah. All right. And then he got in. We got through, and then he didn't want to roll it to the uh, bottom because yeah, yeah, he yeah. felt like it was getting a little sketchy. And we put it out on uh, Dearborn and uh, put it on a hook. Holy cow! And we uh, took Carm. it back to Northwest Indiana. That's Carm. what we do. Carm. There was a day when there was no power steering and no power. Yeah, believe brakes. it or not. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's when I your did. mom and your grandparents oh, and they all they had giant calf muscles and forearms I guess that's for driving true. the car. My first car, I didn't have power steering. Yeah, I had was, power. Every car I've ever had had power well, steering. I, I don't. I, like I, I had to pump the gas uh, to get it started. What, 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 what is that now? Uh, a choke? No, you had to throw a little uh, stuff into the uh, carburetor. Yes, I, the right. Carburetor. What is that with yeah. a fuel Plus injection a or yeah. fuel injector? Well, no, or now like that? you have a fuel injector. Yeah. Back, back then, you had so had back then I had to, I had to, I had to pump the gas a couple of times before I turned the key you know, this, to get the gas in the system. Flint, did this, you have to Flintstone that this, thing too and get this, your feet rolling? No, pouring everybody. This style of car. We were out. We were, we were a blue collar family. This is, this is what we did. This is what he normally. Does to me, yeah. Uh, no, gives me the old part. You're, no. You're, no, I'm saying is, is now I should start saying, "Oh, y'all poor and me." I, that wasn't a that wasn't a thing with us. The Waddles, no. We're like we're yeah, the ultimate no, you hillbilly. The milk, you had the milk and powder. No, form. no, no. I know. No, no, no. My point is, is you guys the only hillbilly, drink whiskey and beer. No, the, the hillbilly family spends all their money on cars. I don't know. Sylvie's oh. not so that my much bro- older than me. Like my my, my, my brother bro- had a Trans Am. My, my first car was nothing to write home about. It was, you know, my first car cost me, I, I bought it. It was $5,000. I mean, 
But it had Damn. power steering. And Did you make that remote. money gambling on the NBA? I made that money. Car? I made that money caddying and working in the bag room at Neighborville Country Club. No I, power I, steering. No power. Uh, no power windows. And then I had to pump the gas to get it going. Well, that's a, well. Mine didn't have automatic windows. That's true. But power steering. Yeah. I don't Did know. you have to get out? Front, it was. Like, it was. Spin the it, thing? it was a Toyota Corolla FX sixteen hatchback. I, I had a Pontiac Grand Am. You know where I bought it? Max Madsen. Mitsubishi, the used cars, and Lyle. Not is the that little what, guys? What, 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 what was the, what was Max Matt? What was his? What was his, the little guys? What was his? Uh, the little guys was the little guys. Yeah. Oh no! What was his? Uh, what was his? Uh, there was a cat. Oh, this is you the might doctor. Be mad, yeah. but you might you, be mad, but you're not, not crazy. crazy. Yeah, this is the doctor. What, this is that the it? doctor. Yes, that's it. I got. Mad, I got it mixed up. That's so good. I got my. Uh, my advertising slogan. I can't believe up. Sylvie had a car that didn't have power steering. Yeah. It's a little surprising. Oh, yeah. I had, my first car was an AMC Spirit, and then I went to a Mercury Lynx. Both of them were you had they were stick shift. My brother started with a, a, with a uh, Burt Reynolds uh, Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. That's awesome. At the age of, as soon as he was ready to drive. A month then he 14. flipped. A month then he, he, I don't know if he flipped it, but he took it into, 14, not that's a little early. <laughs> but he took it into a ditch, and it had to be removed from the ditch. And then he did it again like a month later. Because that car is like, doing? the horsepower in that, I don't know they what. They were could, the Dukes of Hazard back then. There's no doubt, Carm. He was 16 years old. My dad gave him a Smokey and the Bandit car. And it was the wrong thing to do. Hey, like a 400 horsepower car? Yeah. Yes. My, and again, my family, like, we were just moderate, but they. They just spent money on cars. My mom had a Corvette. My brother wow. wrecked that. Wow, a Corvette. My, yeah, my brother wrecked that. So oh by the time God. I was ready to drive two and a half years later, I was driving an AMC Spirit because my brother Mike had just taken every car we had, and they were all great cars, and he wrecked them all. I don't Tell- think I even know what an AMC Spirit is. Google it. Tell the story. Tell them the story. I don't know, Carm, if you've if you've heard the story, you remember the story of when Waddle's Mercury Lakes broke down when oh, yeah. he was on the Bears. Yeah. Did I, I ever tell I you that story? That. I don't think so. No, I was driving the old Mercury Lakes, and it was me, my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister-in-law. How many people is that? That's six people in a Mercury Lakes. Okay. So I'm I'm pulling down after the game. You pull whatever way you're going, and I'm trying to cut over to con- you know I wasn't Congress, whatever it was. I don't even know the street. Balboa or something. Like whatever that. it is. So I don't even get not even a quarter of a mile from the stadium. I run out of gas. <laughs> We're sitting on the side of the road. All my teammates just drive by me, honking and waving. <laughs> I'm like, can I get some help here? Anybody? My brother is sitting on the curb with his wife and my mom and my dad and, and my my wife at the time. And I'm just like, can I get a little help here? And they all would just wave and beep the horn. We were stuck. We were stuck. I had to call AAA to come and get my car. <laughs> and I know, know the feeling, brother. And you were late to practice. No, no, no. This no, is this after, after a preseason game. After a preseason game. They're going game. to dinner. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's All the nice cars going by. Yeah. Unbelievable. AMC this is your rookie year. It's probably my second year. And there's Waddle in his there's Mercury. off to the side of the road, stuck. Nobody you didn't have a car deal yet? 1990. You didn't have a Hawk Auto. Guy. I no no Hawk Auto? In 1989, I was, I, was, I was in uniform for two games. The first game, I stood with my thumb in my rear and mm-hmm. did nothing. <laughs> The second game, we were out in San Francisco. We're getting beaten 140 to 4, right. the way we always did. Didn't PT Willis come in? No, oh. no. They sent me in. They go, Waddle, you're in on kickoff return. 
I'm, I'm telling you, Johnny, I'm on the front line, and I'm counting, okay? I'm counting who I got. Yeah. They kicked the ball off. I'm counting. Right, one, two, that's Michael Carter. Michael Carter's a starting nose tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. I remember him. He's covering a kick with a 40-point lead. Yeah. He hit me so hard. Yeah. It, I'm standing at, like, the 35-yard line. He pops me. I just hold my head, and he runs around. I'm standing at, like, the 35-yard line. I'm the only guy on the 35. There's 11 49ers and 10 Bears, and they're all, like, 15 yards behind me, and I'm just standing there holding my head. Was that, that your first was concussion extent. in the NFL? Probably. That was yeah. my first experience in the National Football League. You're like, oh, okay. I, I came back in the final drive as we were down 60, one catch for like five yards. Nice. Nice hitch catch. Excellent. little hitch route. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know where I was. I was concussed. First it concussion. Was, yeah, so, like, no, no dealer car in 89. No Hawk Auto in 89, no, that's for that's, sure. That, that, there was a point, though, in 91 and 92, I had three dealer cars at the same time. Well, that's pretty impressive. Oh, Well, Lotto was a star by then. Yeah, but in the three dealer cars. I only had two. My wife and I were the only two who could drive. We had an extra one in the driveway. The Spirit replaced the Gremlin, by the way. I yes. didn't know that. Yeah. So you had, like, the fancier option after the Gremlin. All right. And then after that, okay. I... I I got the uh, the Mercury Links. It was puke brown, and the grill was in the back seat of the car because I'd wrecked it so many times. You and your brother, I, I don't want to drive with you guys. You shouldn't. You sound should very safe. Sylvia will tell you even now. Like I'm not the best driver. Jeez, I'm a little aggressive. Well, I like aggressive, but man, be my careful. brother ruined it. He ruined my driving experiences. I mean, really, he's driving a Trans Am. Trans Am. You got to drive a Spirit. Yeah, yeah he, well, Char- he, Charlie he thinks he's there. Burt Reynolds. Charlie, you've been in in the car with uh, Waddle. You can attest, can't you? Yeah, he uh, he's confident. I would yeah, say behind con- the that's wheel. A good, that's a good way to describe it, Chuck. I drove up with him today. How was got, it? It, I think Charlie has the perfect way he's to put clean. it. Confident. Confident. Yeah. confident. Yeah, gets you where you need to go in yeah. a timely manner. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tyler drove up with him. That was Tyler. All right, what's coming up on the show, well, we, boys? we didn't mention, did you guys talk about the day in the life of Kevin Warren written on Bears.com? No, I saw you text that, too. I should have brought that up. So they, they I saw did, you text that. They did the 18 hours. So Kevin Warren, uh, they documented the 18 hours that he was awake for on uh, New Year's Eve day um, for the day of the game. Uh, and uh, this is an excerpt from it. Warren leaves the stadium at 420, ready to meet his family and friends for dinner, a tradition he follows every home game. While heading to dinner, Warren listens to ESPN 1000 while reviewing the game's stats and news via the Bears app. So Kevin Warren gets a lot of Yurko and Peggy. How about that? That's surprising. As we all do. He gets educated by Yurko and Peggy. As we all do. That's what we like to say. Hell yeah. Yeah, but when they lose, it ain't a pretty show. It's not fun. And I think Kevin Warren's okay with that because... Yeah. When they lose, it ain't fun. When yeah. they win, boy, we have a good time. Listen, the beer tastes better be, when you win. I don't this think much anybody better wants year. to be patted on the back. Or yeah, this is a much better year this year. This was a lot funner and a lot easier. Oh, well, yeah, they're, they're, you know, there's some hope. Yeah, we went to 5, I don't know what we went to, 5.30 or 6 o'clock last week. No, no, we didn't go to 5.30. Yeah, went to 5.30, 6 o'clock. You smooth as yeah, How much yeah. extra money did that cost? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Nothing. What did you already put in your invoice? Not in a comp day. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Nothing. Don't you guys worry He's about me. He's already started telling Danny about his comp days. You guys don't worry about Johnny Handsome, all right? <laughs> and then here's a trivia question. Fine. Go ahead. Piece. Go ahead. Because we're, we don't have to break. We're, we're continuing here. So. Yeah, we're not surprised. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean, teammate? No, no. I did the same thing. What does that mean, teammate? We did the same thing. We went to 1230 and 130 today in the first segment. What is what is Kevin Warren wash? 
Soon um, before he carriage. So, you're, you're close. Soon before he goes to to Soldier Field, his underwear. Not, well, I'm sure he washes his underwear, but this this is this is this is a tradition before he before he goes to Soldier Field. Before he goes to Soldier, he washes. He washes his. Well, but don't give it away. Why'd you give it away? He washes his. You were car. asking them, and they gave you they gave you balls and undercarriage. How much longer? How much longer did you want to play this? Game? I said underwear. I don't know what you're talking. Yeah. About. Yes, he goes. He goes into his condo building, has its a, a car wash station. Really? Yes, and he does the car wash by himself. He likes to. He it says. Uh, he says it's the one thing that makes him feel like. Yeah. Sort of normal. He mm. loves to put a chamois on that car, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. I don't know. I have on. to ask him. If we have him on, I'll ask <laughs> him, Johnny. the only thing. Hey, you want to put a chamois on that car? Put a chamois on the it. The wow. The wow. <laughs> hey, have you ever Remember lost your guy? starter in a parking garage on the third floor, and how'd you get it out of there? Pushed it down, baby. Unbelievable. We were here late night last night, 7.30. I was going to say, was it just two of you, or did you find people, other no, people? No, just the two of us. Yeah? Yeah, we found a way to get it down. Don't worry about it, you know? Just two Croatian kids. We offered. We offered Two Croatian yeah. kids, very industrious. You and I. Could have been like a strongman challenge. All right, did boys. Did you guys stop for a drink or two afterwards? No. Huh? We didn't. No. I thought you went out to Viaggio. Yeah, he's got to remember. That was before. Cousin Bobo, you know, owns the recovery service. Yes. Yeah. The best time to go repo is 10 o'clock at night. Exactly. He can't be drinking. Oh. Best time to go get somebody's cars, the deadbeats that don't pay. That's right. That's the best time to get their cars is at nighttime. Yep. All right. What's up on the show today? Well, we're at House Hall. We're at so we're talking Bulls. <laughs> talking bulls. With your Yurko's reaction when Carmen, you want to talk bulls and Knicks. He goes, don't you dare talk bulls and Knicks. Yeah, what's he thinking? <laughs> well, let me give you a Zach Levine thought today. And I don't want no Zach Levine thoughts. And then right after you said, Yurk, um, you go, don't don't you dare talk bulls next. He started talking about I know. You know was it yesterday? Don't you dare talk baseball to me. Yeah, he's Carmen's like, never. what do you want to start with? You want to start Carmen, with Bears and Packers or something else? Carmen doesn't listen to me. It's okay. No, I was Carmen. Forty-five seconds on yeah. the ball, but Carmen knows what needs to be done and what doesn't need yeah, to be done. Yeah, we spent like forty-five seconds. I got player A, player B. If it was uh, me, oh, you do. Hey, yeah, if twelve we, and four. Go ahead. An ERA of one five one. A whiff <laughs> of this guy is not stopping. Dylan Seeds, stop it. You get a smart joking. So yeah, I mean, look. You uh, realize which uh, team in the NL Central spent the most money in the offseason? The Reds. Yeah. I know who didn't spend any. The Cincinnati Rams. We do have a poll question the about Chicago that. The Chicago Cubs. Who will make the first move? Will it be AK or Jed? Mm. You mean by move, do you mean like leaving the city or like <laughs> signing a player? Yeah, yeah, like doing anything. Oh, okay. Like make a trade. Make, I didn't know like, what you I mean, would get like, I, don't, I don't think AK can sign anyone. You sent a lot of people out of the sh- Chicagoland area recently. <laughs> I think you're gonna so get... I didn't know what you, where you were going. I think you're going to get uh, Belly back. So Really? I think so. It's the favorite in Vegas. Is he I really? Mean, yeah. I, it is. Cubs are signing him as the favorite. has to come down. You think so? I do. Uh, it's tough with Boris, though. You're right, yes, Sylvia. Like, yes. it is. It's tough with Boris. Yes. You yes. know? So, but, but wait, look, it's Bears-Packers. Like, the, 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 they got to win. Yes. Uh, uh, enough is enough. Like, you, 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 like, if you've tried to lose these games, oh my you, God. you couldn't do work. Karma, you, do you think it's a silly bet on my behalf that I'm actually playing 
Jordan Love to throw a pick in this game, despite no. the stat you gave us? 16 touchdowns, one interception. You might be due for game. a little uh, regression I after totally, all that. Yeah. I think that's a good play. It's not... I'll give you another good play. As uh, I'm not, I know I'm not part of the odds couple, but how about Bears over 9.5 points in the first half? They got a little rhythm, a little first half oh, rhythm. There is that rhythm. defense. Yes. It's going to get you. They've scored 21 in each of the last two games offensively. They tend to get off to good starts. starts. Like when they're on script, it's usually pretty good. Yes. I don't don't hate that. Now, I will say this. The Packer defense has had tremendous success against Justin, but this is a different Different defense. Different defense and a different situation. Hopefully a different Justin. Different Justin. You're right. It's a four-unit play. I told you that. Four-unit play. Four-units. I love it. All right, guys, have a good show. Yeah, we're staying here, so we'll just take it right now. All right, Waddle and Sylvia are next. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget, uh, Homewood, 175th and Halstead at Buffalo Wild Wings with Miller Lite for football. I'm going to come by with Chase. Come on by. We'll see you uh, you tomorrow. Waddle and Sylvia are next. Yeah, we're here. We're we're not next. We're We're here. We're we're now. Well, you do have to break at some point, don't you? Did you hear Carm speeding Chase up? Get to it, Chase. Yeah, you know Chase will be two miles north of us. All right. I've tried to talk to Chase about that. And he is a, a diehard listener of the, of the station Chase, and a wonderful young man. Chase is a great caller. Yeah. Chase has thoughts. Chase dicks around too much to get to the point. I've told Chase this many, many times. You don't need to, to say hello for 10 minutes. You know, it's just it, waddle, waddle, waddle. He stopped doing that. You, you know, because of some of the pep talks. Yeah. Like, Can you say dicking around? I just did. Okay. Yeah. Can I? I mean, I, 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 you know, my eyes lit up. I was like, okay, there's new rules. I can play by these rules. <laughs> yes, yes. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. We should start a new segment. Stop dicking around. <laughs> I like it for twenty. Brought to you by who? Like we're all looking for you know different partnerships and and you know we're looking for opportunities. What for do you partners. think, Chuck Wagon? Who who would bring you? Uh, stop, stop dicking around. Stop dicking around. <laughs> I think we could come up with a plan. Lover's Lane. <laughs> I think they would. I think they would want to dick around. Wouldn't they want dicking around? How about um, Dick Sporting Goods? There you go. That's pretty good. But you, they probably want. They want you, you to dick, dick around. <laughs> yes. Or we can just call it dicking around. Brought to you by Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> Three, it's going to be a fun show today. Ooh, love so it. we're uninterrupted right now. We're at Hallis Hall. This is, look, this is, I, I think the mood reflects the mood of the building. Like, oh, yeah, there, there's a, there is a sense of, I think, optimism, and I believe daubers are up, daubers are not down. And if you think about, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier today. You're going into Green Bay feeling really good about yourself. Now, I don't know what the feeling was going into the opening game of the season, but if you felt really good about things, I don't think you had enough evidence to have that feeling the way that you do now. And remember the first game of the season. I'm still scarred by the outcome of the first game of the season and how it transpired. I'm still a believer in your web poll question. I voted emphatically the worst loss of the season for our favorite football team was Green Bay because how it went down, Green Bay is the most uh, inexperienced team in the league, the youngest team in the league. We all thought this was the opportunity for us to put our foot down and we're going to make a statement about this division is now, and at least in this rivalry, we're going to be more of a factor than we have been in a very long time, and we got boat raced. And I personally believe that everyone associated, there was a hangover. 
for a while after that. It was a hangover for me as a fan. Well, for there sure. There was a hangover for the team. There was a hangover in a lot of ways. Now, the last half of the season, I think everyone's got really positive vibes going right now. So going into Lambeau to try and do something that hasn't happened since 2015, 2015 is the last time the Bears won at Lambeau. Right. So well, I mean they haven't won they haven't won period much since 2015 twice since right, then right I think they've won two games in in that span but to go up there and give them the Lions business from last year try to knock them out of the playoffs feel good about yourself finish the season on a high note hopefully our quarterback outplays their quarterback just the statement that would make and and the momentum that that would give you heading into the off season and make you feel good about What's on the horizon? I just think it's. I think this is the biggest game of the season. I'm not just living in the moment. Jesse said to me a couple of days ago. He goes, "Who would have thought just three or four weeks ago that you'd be thinking about these positive vibes now?" And I said, "Well, well, I did because like my remember my Kool Aid vision was that you could go to Cleveland, you win that game, you had the two home games against very beatable teams in Atlanta and Arizona, and the dream scenario was to go to Green Bay and to make the playoffs. But in in the same sort of context, who would, like, sitting in this room brings back flashbacks, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, from like 10 or 12 weeks ago, when this building, I walked in, to the press conference room, and one of the photographers for WGN-TV said to me, when I walked in, I thought there was a press conference going on, so I was, like, tiptoeing. And he goes, oh, no, don't, don't worry. There's nothing going on right now. He goes, you just have to tiptoe over all the crap in the building. Yeah. Meaning because this was after what happened with Alan Williams, after what happened with the running backs coach, after what happened in the Denver loss. Yeah. And you you just didn't know what what was gonna what was next. What was the next shoe to drop um, in this season? And it was just one thing after another. Jalen, remember, Jalen Johnson wanted to be traded. Yeah. Yesterday, we've got audio from it where Ryan Poles. I think from what we've understood, it was Ryan Poles' idea to do the surprise. Um, Pro Bowl announcement with Montez Sweat and Jalen Johnson. It's very cool. The video is is really it's really cool. It's really I think it's a special thing for Bears players and and for Ryan Poles. It, it, really cool. it, it was what eight eight weeks ago. How many weeks ago officially was it when they traded for Montez Sweat at the trade deadline when they were shopping Jalen Johnson because he asked for a trade. Right, like there were question marks about would they send Jalen Johnson to San Francisco. Would they get a first-round pick? Uh, his is uh, Ryan Pohl said, I'm not giving up Jalen Johnson unless I could get another Jalen Johnson in return. Right. I thought Meaning, he played it perfectly. Yeah, like so like he this Pro Bowl player could have been heading out the door. We didn't know what the next bad thing was going to happen. So to me, it is remarkable to be sitting in this same room in this building and to be thinking about good vibes heading up to 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 Green Bay just it's, eight to ten weeks later. I say this all the time, and I know it's cliche, but there really is, I think, a lot of substance to it. An NFL season is a lifetime. The roller coaster that you will get on and ride is just an unbelievable ride at times for different organizations. And like you just said, that was eight weeks ago. 
Like, think about the 180 in terms of how you feel about your franchise, how you feel about a number of different things. There's a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. And actually, I think you and I see this the same way. To go from 3-14, and 14, which is total teardown, to become, as I think that what Yurko called it is, what did he say, you're part of the muck or whatever it is. You're part of the middle of the pack crew, which is significant improvement based on where you've come from. You have an opportunity to be basically a, a 500 team. I know you're going to be under 500, 8 and 9, whatever the case may be. 7 and 10, 8 and 9. I think we both had them at 8 wins. You have an opportunity to now be part of that middle of the pack crew, which is where the majority of the NFL resides. The hard part, the more difficult step, is to go from the muck into being part of the crew that includes the Cowboys and the Eagles. And for this division, the Lions and the 49ers. You want, that's the next. To go from seven or eight wins to 10 or 11, right. that's the really hard part. And the hope is, is that that's the next step. But to come from where they were, as you described, which was a chaotic situation where there weren't very many good vibes in the building, outside the building, in the fan base, whatever, to where they, all na- where they are now speaks to a lot. Speaks to the job that a lot of people in this building have done. And I think it also speaks to the longevity of the season and the ride that you can be, you know, get whiplash in one aspect of it and four weeks later get whiplash going in the other direction. It just, the season is so long and it takes so many twists and turns. And I think this season has been one that thankfully. It feels like we're ending on one of the high notes as opposed to being stuck in a valley. And, and, and it should be noted. Like, I know the goal is never 8-9, and nine, but no. I, like I've always said, within the context of where they came from, it, it's an accomplishment. And then next year, there will be a new set of goals based on where they came from. We said we wanted to be part of that crew <laughs> that was in the hunt. Next year, being 6-9 and nine or 7-10 and 10 and being in the hunt isn't going to be good enough for us, and it's not going to be good enough for the people here in the building. But for this year, I think they took a lot of the steps we were hoping they were going to take on a, on a number of fronts. Not all of them, but some of them. And then I think the trade deadline was October 31st this year. So that's just over two months ago. That's, that's nine weeks ago when, when they were – Jalen Johnson goes into Ryan Poles' office and says, I want out. I want to be dealt. I, I, I don't want to play here anymore. You guys can't give me the money that I'm looking for, so trade me. He was shopping him around. He obviously wanted like a late first-round pick a big, from one of those winning teams, uh, an early second-round pick or something like that. He didn't get what he wanted. And then this was, Charlie, if you can play, the uh, them telling – Eberflus, who's always loved Jalen Johnson, remember when they first got there, um, he got in his doghouse at the beginning. He's a Pace guy, uh, drafted by Pace. But what they've done is they've done a really good job of taking some of Pace's guys, and they've made them Eberflus and Poles guys. Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, one. Tevin Jenkins is another one. Komet's another one. Yep. Justin Fields could become one of them, depending on where this goes. Um, there's a few of these guys. And um, so just nine weeks ago, Jalen Johnson was being shopped at the trade deadline. The Bears were swimming in crap. And nine weeks later, they could finish the season winners of five of six, uh, trending up. And this was yesterday, 
on the day or, or a couple days ago, when, whenever this was, um, uh, coming in uh, to tell him that he's a pro bowler. Take a listen. So I wanted, I wanted to bring everybody in here. Zizi, did you want to know something about your dad? You want to know something about him? Look it. All right, I'm going to show you something. This is football now, okay? Ready? Congrats, man. That's awesome. Proud of you. Appreciate you. Indeed. So that was last night last after night. they're done practicing. He called he called them back in yeah. after they left the building. To tell him I think he wanted to, to, to look at some of this coverage stuff. He said he had an emergency game plan yeah. film that he wanted him to take a look at. And that's why Jalen Johnson's uh, kid was there with him. Because right. he came back in. And there's, there's Poles, there's Eberflus who was narrating that. First, he put on, like, it looked like he was about to show him tape. Yeah. And then the, the, the film went into, like, a graphic that said Jalen Johnson pro bowler. Yeah, it was cool. And we were told that this was a Ryan Poles concept <laughs> for both he and Montez Sweat. And it was a really cool thing to see. And he got some national love, too. I saw yeah. Pro Football Focus had put that out after the Bears had put that out on their yeah. social media platforms. I, but, again, I, I think like, they, you know what, too, and I think that that – I think the fact that both of these guys were uh, were recognized and deservingly so tells you that around the league that I think that they are starting to catch the attention of a lot of people. Because how many times have you seen like a Bears team where you'll have some, some really good players, but it's not all coming together, so some guys will get overlooked. I think the league is recognizing some of the stuff that is going on. And the fact that Montez Sweat was recognized, deservedly so, and Jalen Johnson as well. There's a lot of cornerbacks out there that have had good years. And we've always thought that Jalen was a really good player. And one of the criticisms, if there was one, is where's the inter- interceptions? He had one interception coming into this season. And I think that there's a couple of factors that I think you have to look at and say, A, when it's Jalen Johnson on one side and a group of other guys that you really aren't high on, Opposing offenses are going to avoid Jalen and throw the other way. When you add Tyreek Stevenson and other talent in your secondary, well, you don't have a choice any longer. Now you just got to run your offense, and they're going to throw the ball in his direction more frequently. So he's got more opportunities. And you also factor in that interceptions, as we all know, sometimes they come in bunches. Right. So now, finally, I think he's getting recognized by – a significantly larger group of people, whereas I think a lot of people in the Bears fan base and, and around here always knew he was a Pro Bowl caliber player. When you were gone on Tuesday, gave the stats, someone on Bears Twitter tweeted this out. Did you see Montez Sweat's record this year versus the record of the teams when he's not on them? I did not see that. No. So Montez Sweat is 8-8 eight and eight this year. When the Commanders and the Bears are combined 3-13 and 13 without him. Got it. That speaks volumes. Oh, then that speaks He's a true a multiplier. That's why you give up a second-round pick and give him $100 million, because what Montez Sweat does is not only rush the passer in an elite fashion, and he's a willing participant in the run game, he makes guys around him better. Because teams have to focus on him. If you're Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson and Kyler Gordon and all these guys, like for how long were they asked to sit back in that secondary and cover four, five, five and a half, six seconds? Now 
you don't have to do that any longer yeah. because you have a pass rush that is that is taking some of that pressure off of you. All right, here's what we got today. Uh, we're at House Hall, uh, so where everything. I feel going like on. we're talking about a 12 win team right now. I, you know, well, I mean, but I again, just, like, I feel better about things. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and maybe next year it is. Maybe next year it's the 11 win team. Joniak was talking about. Yeah. Expectations will be there next year. Uh, Jason Wildy from Green Bay is going to join us uh, coming up at three. We'll uh, talk Bears and Packers. Joniak's going to join us here in person at 5 o'clock. Remember, you can always watch us. We're on twitch.tv slash ESPN1000 Chicago. You can also watch us on YouTube Live, ESP, search ESPN Chicago. It's ESPN1000, uh, 100.3 HD2. That's how I listen to the radio station. Today's a Would You Rather Thursday. Hashtag it WS Would You Rather. Tyler Aki will take them today. Um, you could send him to the Chuck Wagon as well. He's uh, CR Bevins11 on Twitter. And uh, it's Tyler Aki underscore. Send them to those two, and they'll go through your Would You Rathers. You could win a, a gift card to the Pride Store. If you want to weigh in, 312 332 3776. Waddle and Sylvie live at House Hall today. This is Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, we're live at Hallis Hall. We'll talk uh, Bears and Packers with our buddy Jason Wilde from ESPN Milwaukee uh, in, in a little bit, about nine minutes from right now. It's nine in a row. He'll be the first guy from up there we talked to this week. I would hope that that sits well with him because usually... Yeah, he's bitching and moaning about uh, yeah. not being called. Right. But uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting... I've talked to a couple of Packer friends of mine. You know one... Um, I talked to, uh, texted with him this morning, one Mark Sapelsa. Oh, yeah. A uh, legendary Chicago newscaster who... Huge Packer fan. He's not very confident in the Packers. He thinks the Bears are going to go up there and they're going to win. I think this is a lot of guarded, you know, Lou Holtz behavior from a lot of Packer fans. I don't know. Oh, I think so. They, I, I mean, so. they're scarred from last year. I think they feel the same about this yeah, year. Yeah, but that was the Lions. Our team hasn't beaten them at Lambeau Field since 2015. You gave us the stats. You gave us the number. But, again, we get caught now thinking that the Lions are division champions. Remember what the Lions were midseason last year, right. too. They were not a good team last year. They weren't. I mean, they finished 9-8. and eight. The Bears could finish 8-9. and nine. The Lions were where the Bears were I, midseason. I'm just telling you, I, I'm not... What I'm telling you is, is I think there's a lot of for, or, uh, 49 Packer fans protecting their emotions right now. Okay. Because I think that they truly believe, because it's been a layup for so many years. Like, when was the last time again? They're not they, used to being challenged? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Right. Like, you really think that all of a sudden now, after winning seven straight up there, and what is their record against us? Uh, it is, what, 4-26 and 26 in the last 30 matchups? 4-26, and, and now all of a sudden the Packer fans up there, their knees are trembling. Well, I think they should. They be, why, I mean, they should be overly confident then. That's why I'm saying to you, I think that this is just a little, this is, the, what do you call it, the emotional hedge? Mm. I think they're emotionally hedging right now. They're going to be, listen, I think the Bears are going to beat them. But me too. 
Jimmy on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? What's up, fellas? Happy New Year to you. Are you Happy still in Naples, Jimmy? <laughs> no, I'm finally back in the Chicagoland area. Back to the grind. Yeah, Jimmy. Back to the grind, exactly. Yeah, it was difficult. Only one round of golf a day. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> guys, you know, just to your point just a second ago, I mean, I can't believe, I don't think I've ever either even been a not a fan, but just a sports team to see that the entire operation shift in one season. And, Tom, yesterday, your breakdown of Justin Fields um, and, you know, on top of the uh, overall situation with what the Bears are dealing with was something that everyone should listen to because you and I know, you guys, uh, we know that over the next, you know, six months or however long it is until the draft, Bears are going to be the A block on like every national TV show. Yeah. Every ass clown in, uh, evaluator of drafts and mock drafts and all this. Listen to what he, when you talked about what Fields needed to work on, his leadership, but also being able to do things from the pocket. I think it's, it, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for going and getting like a Brock Bowers, a Marvin Harrison Jr., and now you got DJ Moore and Cole Komet locked up that group of four for the next two to four years. I can't believe that's a reasonable thought at, from the beginning of the year to keep Fields. It's just incredible. The only thing I would say, Jimmy, and thank you for the kind words, is the question that they have to answer up here in this office. Is it a pop-up game? Is it, is it an anomaly? Or is it a preview of what's to come? Because the stuff that I described yesterday is stuff that if you go back the week before against the Arizona Cardinals, you're going to be disenchanted with what you see in the second half on some of the same topics. Or Cleveland or the Vikings. Yes. Yeah, so, and again, I'm not trying to be a downer here. I'm just trying to be a realist. Like I've always said, I'm going to tell you when it really looks good, and I'm going to tell you when I don't like what I see. I've hopefully been as consistent as humanly possible, and I try to take the emotion out of the evaluation. So that's what they've got to discern up there. And I, I'll tell you, like, listen, it's a small sample size to look at the Falcon game and say, wow, that's the best, most complete game I've ever seen him play. And he answered all of the questions that I've had, and he addressed all the issues that leave me itchy and scratchy. But I will say, if you go to Green Bay and it looks exactly in Green Bay like it did against the Falcons, that's a trend. You could uh, catch Waddle's breakdown in yesterday's podcast uh, right at the top of three. It was like from 3 to 325. It was really good stuff. We'll talk to Jason Wildy uh, coming up next. Does he believe that the Bears, from an outsider's perspective, someone who's covered a lot of great quarterbacks, should keep Justin Fields? We'll get uh, the Green Bay perspective coming up next.